Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The biggest convention of its kind ever in the UK, Wrestling Media Con 2018 is heading to Manchester on the 8th and 9th of September. Wrestling Media Con 2018 will feature live wrestling shows from Revolution Pro and Impact Wrestling, meet and greet with all the talent, panel discussions from the likes of Inside the Ropes, and workshops on how to get into the world of professional wrestling from former WWE writers and bookers. There will also be guest matches from Defiant, NGW and an NWA World's title defense by Nick Aldis taped for £10 of gold. Other names announced for Wrestling MediaCon 2018 include The Wrestling Observer's Dave Meltzer, Colt Cabana, Sean Waltman, Cultaholic, Botchamania, myself and Ollie from the Wrestle Ramble, and many more to be announced. Wrestling MediaCon comes to the Bowlers Exhibition Center in Manchester, England on the 8th and 9th of September. Tickets are available now from WrestlingMediaCon.com. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Wrestle Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Ramble Podcast. I am Ollie Davis and I'm joined by Luke Owen. Hello, Swift Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you? I'm good. I've typed in the word wrestle into iTunes mm. to get up the iTunes reviews for Wrestle Ramble, and I thought, hey, maybe we're big enough now for where just typing in the word wrestle would be enough, and we'd come up in at least maybe the top 20. And that is incorrect. Oh, okay. No. No, um, you've got to type in the full Wrestle Ramble. And even then, I think we come up second. Yeah. Because some other podcast that only ran for two episodes that we had no idea about, weirdly, only started a month before we started this. With the that, exact same name. That appears first. Oh. And you ever did two episodes and then it disappeared. Well, this is what happens when you have an entire uh, community... Like one of the a huge, huge community of podcasts that has only been managed by one person at Apple. Yes, yeah, that's something we found out, which is crazy. It wow, is I, I am struggling to. I mean, the Steve Austin show is quite far down as well, so that gives me hope. But your daily cup of inspiration with Diana Hobbs 
is above us. The old Wrestle Talk podcast is above us. Oh, I think just that hasn't it. had a new episode released in ages. Just do it better, iTunes. Just do it better. We're not on. We're not on the results list for the word wrestle. Well, that is disappointing. So if you are listening to this for the first time, make sure that you are. I mean, you'd, you'd have typed in Wrestle Ramble, presumably to find this. So uh, I'm not really telling you anything that you don't already know. Uh, would you like to hear what? Well, ah, sorry. This is, I'm going down a hole now. <clears throat> if I add, I thought, well, I'll add the next letter, which would be R. You know, Wrestle Ramble, Wrestle R. Mm. And of course, that's just the word wrestler. <laughs> so there's loads of other things. There's the, we're even probably further off now. But uh yes. Sorry, carry on. Uh well I am I'm trying. Uh, unfortunately... Terry Runnels. Sorry, carry on. Keep She's going. got a podcast. Yeah. God, everyone's got a podcast. Let's see what days. it's called. It's called Cigars, Scars and Superstars with Terry Runnels. What a uh can you click it? who has she had on as guests? Let's click this. <laughs> So, she's 15 episodes in, she releases uh, episodes weekly, and she began Royal Rumble Week this year, January 23rd. She had, uh, okay, Ivory. She's had Ivory on. A WWE Hall of Famer Ivory. Dana Warrior. WWE Hall of Fame Giver-Outer. Ooh, Vince Russo and Tony Schiavone. Oh. Not WWE Hall of Famers. Are those guests, or are they... Is that is that just a topic? Lex Luger, Victoria, Jim Cornette, her daughter, Dakota. <laughs> We've never had any of these people. She's also had a cigar aficionado on. She does like a cigar, does Terry Reynolds. Patrick Vivalvo, does she? I believe so, yeah. She always used to have, like, cigars like as, like, as part of her sort of... Um... Appearance, if I recall correctly. I don't remember. That's not my Terry. No. My, but to be fair, my Terry was a printout of a of a bikini photo shoot that was hidden under my bed. <laughs> that my sister once found oh, and ran downstairs what? to my mum. Your sister's such a she snitch. She was like, "Look what I!" F-. She was like eleven. Look what I found under Ollie's bed. And I was like, "No." <laughs> I was making a collage. <laughs> and I slow motion slapped it out of her hand. Everyone knew what was going on. Oh, Oliver Davis. And we all just ignored it. <laughs> and I was sat there red-faced. Anyway, correspondence. Well, I mean, I'll be honest with you. You stalling for time has actually saved me slightly. Do you want me to stall a bit more? No, I have think... Have you got that... any cigar anecdotes? I have only smoked a cigar... Twice in my life, you usually smoke homies, don't you? Pretty much, yeah. yeah you know, guns. Uh, well, yeah, and people who I don't like. Yes, um, but yeah, I smoked uh, when I was at university. I think that like a friend of mine, so a guy that I'd actually gone to school with and eventually went to university with as well. He was a massive fan of of uh, Hellboy. Yes, and then he said Del Boy for a second, then. But no, also he was actually, good, also Different good characters. But he though. was he was a v- massive fan of Hellboy, and because Hellboy smoked cigars. He thought that the coolest thing that he could possibly do to kind of like maybe give himself a bit of an edge mm. at university was to smoke cigars. It's about finding your own identity, university. It's the performance centre of life. <laughs> um, it, I don't think it lasted too long. No. And then the second time was at my friend's wedding. My friend got married when he was 21. Uh, actually, he might have been 20. 
Um, and I went, I was at his wedding there, and we had cigars um, to celebrate after that. But those are the only two times I've ever had cigars. What about yourself? Well, I went through a phase because I thought that would make me look cool. Oh, they really? They look cool, right? I think there's a few things in life that only men appreciate about other men. So it will be like, man, he looks cool. But a lady, mo- well, the majority of ladies will never find that sexually appealing. And those are cigars and moustaches. Oh, well, moustaches, I disagree with you on that one because I think everyone finds that appealing. Nope, nope. Not in- well, maybe just not on me. <laughs> maybe because I look like a 70s porn star slash a paedophile or, whenever like, I have a moustache. Or like you should be part of Scissor Sisters. Yes, that would work as well. Yep. <laughs> Correspondence. Right, so uh, backing on from backing on, furthering on from yesterday's announcement that we are now part of Wrestle Talk Get Better, where Ollie and I oh, are, yeah. are going to the gym, and we were asking for people to kind of get involved. And, and on the second day, what are you doing, Luke? Not going to the gym because you're going to play a board. Because I'm going to play Dungeons and Dragons. Ollie's still going to the gym. Yeah, well, Ollie, I can't go to the gym unless you drive me there because I can't get to it from where we currently are. You could come with me and you could sack off D&D I can't sack off D&D oh, I'm relying the, priorities there are, there are five other people actually the six other people relying on me to be there so no it is five there's five other people relying on me to be there so I have to and like we we didn't get to play D&D last week because our calendars are all a bit out of whack so any day that we can actually get together and play it, it, we can't can't ignore these days so I couldn't hear you over all the excuses <laughs> so uh I've had an email in from Fergal McClements, uh, who wrote in to say, Hey Luke, heard you were starting to train and it's, imita- and it's intimidating for you. Love Russell Talk, and I'm a personal trainer, so feel free to ask me any questions that you wouldn't like to ask someone in person, perhaps. That's very nice. Thank you very much from Fergal McClements. Should you pass wind at the bottom of a squat to help propel yourself back up? Is that a thing? Sometimes it happens to me. <laughs> what, it actually like, lifts you up off the ground a little bit? It gives me a fright. I don't know if there's any actual <laughs> physics involved. It gives you a fright. But um, actually, I'm in a little bit of a behind the scenes. I was hoping that you were going to store time because my uh, laptop decided that Google Chrome was too much to run. Um, <laughs> it's, and so I had, it's demanding. It was that demanding. That stripped down browser. <laughs> it was. So I had to force restart it nice. uh, in order to get it going. But I have had a couple of other emails in from people on the subject. Of, I mean, both had the subject line of Wrestle Talk Get Better, which I really liked. Uh, first from Connor Curran, uh, who read, just heard your podcast about going to the gym with Ollie and your story about getting bored and going home. I can relate to. Just have to say keep it up and you'll get there i've been going to the gym for about a year and a half now and i've lost roughly 22 kilograms it's three and a half stone and i've upped the amount i can lift by by around 70 pounds wow i mean i'm i appreciate that's great i mean it's confusing though switching between different units of measurement well, he's okay. So th- twenty-two kilograms. How much kilograms, is seventy three, pounds? Well, 70, you know seventy pounds because you lift. What do you? Well, lift? I, everything I do is metric because the other way doesn't make sense. Yeah. So, so what's what's seventy pounds in in kilograms? In kilograms. Okay, one second. Seventy pounds. Googling live on air mm. in kilograms. I reckon it's six six pounds to a kilogram. Well, you might not. It's thirty-one point seven kilograms. Okay. So it's it's two almost two pounds, just over two pounds to a kilogram. I guess so. That might not be the most accurate thing I've ever done. No. Um, <laughs> well, no. that's still damn impressive, though. You've dropped twenty two, and you've you've added that in lifting power. 
Uh, it also helps, this is back to Connor's email, it also helps that I recently joined a wrestling school in January as my oh. New Year's resolution, which is great fun. I, for one, am looking forward to hearing your progress and hoping you can get Ollie involved. In regards to WrestleTalk, keep up the good work. Yours truly, and that's Connor Kieran, who is one of our pledge hammers. Uh, and well we, done, Connor. Uh, no, that's a business email. Um, the, uh, he, his full name does sound like... WWE's charitable endeavor. Well, that is his um, WrestleTalk Hall of Fame uh, name. Is Connor Connor Cure Curran? Con- right, got you. Connor's Cure Curran. Uh, and uh, we also got an email from Robert Stemmen, who emailed in and say, "Hey, Luke, I'm glad to hear about your fresh desire for fitness. I want you to know that you're not alone, and that I share all of the same fears and hesitations when I go to the gym, even after almost four months of going every day. When I started at the beginning of January, I weighed around 230 pounds and was roughly 25% body fat. Since then, I'm proud to say that I am down to 218 pounds and 23% body fat." which I think is a round of applause. Wait, sorry, uh, what was the initial one? Uh, 230 pounds with 25% body fat. Yes. So that's in, very in good. In four months. It's a tough process and it takes a long time, but I've been told it's worth it. Let's work together and make each other stronger. Stay swapped. That's from Rob in Austin, Texas. I think we can all uh, look to the wonderful words of that pithy supermodel, Kate Moss. Nothing looks as good as skinny. No, nothing tastes as good as skinny feels. <laughs> oh, no. That's a lie. That's absolute bollocks, mate. What a horrible person. <laughs> that is oh, that is my all-time favourite bitchiest quote. Oh, no. I'm not having that. In the, it's, outrageous, it's outrageous, isn't it? That's like height of the 90s she said that, I think. Oh, dear And that's me. back when... You know, well, just look at the the type of woman that was wrestling in WWE. Mm. Everyone was stick-thinned and orb boobs. Well, exactly. I mean, I remember listening and to a blonde. podcast recently that was looking back on the uh, the old days of the WWF and the WWE, and they made the point, and I think they're probably correct, Stacey Keebler would not have got over in today's climate because she uh, was very, very slender, and she was, um, from an aesthetic standpoint in the way that she would um, be presented, she was about her legs. And in today's climate, where uh, I think taste in women have changed among men, they go for slightly curvier figures or more muscular, defined figures. What is it? Fit is the new skinny. Is that it? Yeah. That's what I've read in Woman's Health, which magically appears on the sofa side table. Oh, right. So your 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 what do you call it? Your wife. Your your lady partner buys it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She hasn't got it on order. Uh, well, it will probably happen soon because we do this. We get it every month anyway. I know so many ways to prepare avocados that I will never do. <laughs> Here's fifty other uses for coconuts. I didn't need one use apart from eating it or maybe boiling down the fat. Yeah, and you, yeah, exactly. Distilling making, for make, making nice curries. Medium chain. Yeah, but like rub it into your scalp. Oh no! You do something so it activates the cellulite to get it. <laughs> I don't care. Should we get on with the show? Just to make sure we did see what we saw, we just watched the Bobby Lashley interview segment again from last night's Raw. We have both been saying for a month since Bobby Lashley came back, 
Oh, I hope that Bobby gets some meat to his character soon. At the moment, WWE are kind of resting on the laurels of a decade ago, back when Bobby Lashley was last in the company. Now he's just returned, he's got an impressive physique, an impressive delayed suplex finisher, but beyond that, why should people care about him? Give us a reason to care, WWE! And what do WWE do? They say, okay then, hold my beer. (laughs) And they go and make, honestly, honestly, one of the worst things I've ever seen from a, a just a, just a scripted force feeding getting someone's character not just wrong but actively ruining them it was a sit-down interview with Renee Young and Bobby Lashley who I mean at the end of all this he's a dapper man like none of us can deny that he was very smartly dressed I wish I could pull off a flat cap the way he does That is the only positive thing I will say about this segment. Because then what followed is him going through his three sisters and describing stories from their childhood together. So we've got Kathy, that's the eldest sister, Jessica, that's the second oldest sister, and then Frances, which is the closest to his age. You know, that's why she's daddy's little girl. And each one of them has a really, really rubbish story attached to them based around an object so Kathy's she carried a broom everywhere and she'd chase me with it Bobby said because I was the little one and they'd torment me my sisters and one day I said huh why don't you just hop on that broom implying she's a witch ha 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 then Jessica she didn't just have a security blanket she had a security towel and boy she carried it with her everywhere so that thing stunk But when the local bully found out and started making fun of her for it, little brother Bobby Lashley shoved it down his throat. I bet that didn't taste too good. That's that's his that's that's the scripted thing that he said. You know, I'm I'm trying to summarize here just so we're all on the same page of how awful this is. He that's the. Oh, yeah, you've got a towel in your throat. I bet that doesn't taste good (laughs) because it's it's old. Like hop on that broom. It's. Oh, oh, or, yeah. So it's just not it's not but funny. We, we've got one more to go, yeah. And and then you've got uh then you've got Frances, who is the, the youngest, closest to Bobby's age, and she carried around her father's army hat everywhere, took it to school, took it to I don't know church. Church everywhere. Because that their dad was in the army and, and she was Daddy's little girl. <laughs> <laughs> and then Bobby says And then Bobby says, Well, you know, I decided to play a bit of a prank on her. Frank, <laughs> he hid it. He hid it in her room. I was going to say he didn't hide it far. He hid it in her own room. Yeah, yeah. And oh, she was angry about that. And you see this scar right here. He points to a part, part of his eye. He says, "Oh, that bit. Oh, that bit hurt. That's why I know never to mess with Francis." What the actual f word? No, come on, man. You, I've not got to my favourite bit. Of okay, this. okay. My favourite bit of this is Serena Young there, politely smiling throughout this, nodding away, being like, every time he told one of these little anecdotes, being like, that's the most interesting anecdote I've ever heard. Like that was the that was the face that Renee was pulling, and then at the end of it, she's like. Well, it sounds like you've had quite the colourful life. No, it doesn't. That is the most <laughs> boring life I've ever heard. And then Bobby's like, yep, you know, I've got a really great family. But now I have a new extended family. They're called the WWE Universe. And we're going to have a lot of fun together. That was, gen- and that was word for word, almost like... We've written it down, yeah. Almost like the, in the, uh, the intonations that he spoke those words. 
It's it's an absolute marvel of a promo. Fun story for you, uh, Wrestle Talk, Wrestle Ramble audience. Um, when Ollie came in from doing his uh, Raw review, we too obviously I don't I'm not in the same room when he recorded. He was replaying the footage, and I just heard him do this massive loud swear in the. Uh, and then I was like, oh god, I wonder what he was swearing about. And then you came back in here and said, like, what do you think I was really angry about on this show? What did you think I thought was the worst thing WWE did on this show? And I was like. I mean, setting up a Roman gender feud doesn't exactly sound particularly uh, appetizing. And then I was just trying to play back the show in my head. And I was like, nope, can't think of anything. Genuinely can't think of anything. And then you said, the Bobby Lashley bit. And all of a sudden, it popped back to mind. I had completely forgotten this thing happened on the show. What I wouldn't have remembered until we got through it on the notes. But I was like, oh my god, I totally forgot about the Bobby Lashley thing. And then all of it came flooding back to me. And there's the crap stories that he was telling. But I mean, bless him. They're obviously... I mean, actually, no, I'm not going to say bless him. And I was about to say they might be really important stories to him. But they don't sound like they're important stories to him because they were scripted for him to say. They're not real. There's no way these are real. That's the worst thing about this is that it sounded so scripted. There was not one bit of this that sounded genuine or real. I mean, my notes here is like, this wasn't as good as when NXT did it for Roderick Strong. And because the Roddy Strong stuff that they did on NXT, it felt like genuine. It was it was Roddy, like, this is me. I've always been Roddy versus the world. I've always been on my own. But now I've got a family and I'm doing this. Here's like all this tragic stuff that happened with my dad. And it felt this really real and raw stuff. And everyone's like, oh my God, Roddy's a star coming out of this. Which then made his heel turn even more impactful because you're like, oh, but I, I now know what Roddy is like as a baby face. And like, I know what he's like as a real person. This has done absolutely nothing for Bobby Lashley other than make him sound just really scripted and rubbish. Well, that's it. it's not just that it's it's scripted because you the, the Roddy stuff works so well because it isn't just real. It's really super interesting and tragic and emotional. So you've got like a double hook there. This just isn't real. It's in no way interesting, especially when the show opens with Braun Strowman telling a scripted childhood story. Oh, what was that all about? I didn't well? mind that because it ended, the anecdote ended with Braun Strowman killing some children. I thought that was hilarious and I loved it. So how can you expect me? Oh, I, I shoved a towel down a kid's throat because my sister Francis or Jessica, I don't care about your family, Bobby Lashley. And he's a big guy. He's a big guy, but he should have said no. He could, he could have like threatened someone. I'm not going to read this, Tosh. But so you said your favourite bit was, oh, and now I've got an extended family, family and we're going to have a lot of fun it with was the, the WWE the, universe. That was the most scripted line of the whole thing. And it was the corniest crap no, ever. No, no, because the corniest crap came a second later when Renee Young's like, well, you know, thank you very much for sharing. Oh, yeah. she, she's <laughs> wrapping things up. This. We literally just watched it. Sorry. She's wrapping things up. Renee Young, you know scripted staged wise and Bobby goes Rene 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 can I just say something please like, okay maybe this is where it's going to get interesting this is where he's going to like start he's going to go Brock Lesnar I'm coming for you bitch yeah, it's <laughs> like a, a really like swerve it that would have made everything worthwhile or maybe I don't even know just like assaulted a camera guy punches Rene Young yeah delayed suplexes Rene Young but he doesn't he, get, he goes <laughs> could he do something just, just stop right there Rene Young because I've got something I want to say, looks right at the camera with this gormless grin. It is the, the thumbnail for this episode. And he just says, Jessica, Kathy, Francis, I love you. And, and that was it. And um, <laughs> my notes here, Renee thanked him for his interview. And I was like, why is Renee thanking him for the interview? He didn't tell her anything of note. Like, 
like, the way they pose this, like, Renee is this, like, Michael Parkinson, I'm going to sit down with you, and I'm going to get, like, really detailed and interesting stuff about because he's like, you know, I've got three sisters, and she goes, like, were you close with your sisters? You know, a, a good sort of, like, invasive question to ask someone to try and get them to open up a little bit. And at the end of she, but she was just like, oh, no, thank you so much for this interview. I can't wait to learn more about you. And I'm like, what did you learn? Honestly, what did we learn here? That most of his anecdotes about childhood are about his sister's and object-based. That's another big giveaway. Like, it wasn't just... It, each story, it's centred around a sister and an object. Yeah. The broom, the security towel, the army hat. What? Honestly. Honestly. Bobby Lashley, look at the freaking guy. He's walking Armageddon. He is a legit MMA fighter with a 15-2 professional fight record. And you are giving us this crap. This is patronising awful bollocks. Can I make a bold prediction? I'm going to make a very bold prediction now. I mean, I might pick the wrong guy here, but here's my bold prediction. Kane is going to come back to the show, and he's going to be carrying these items. He's going to come out, like, Bobby Lashley's going to have a match, and then Kane will come on the stage with with a broom. Like, and like snap it over his knee or something and then the next week he'll come out with a towel and set the towel on fire or something along these lines trying to play mind games with Bobby Lashley apparently Kane was backstage at Backlash was he really? but that could just be you know yeah. saying hi to folks I uh, my worry there is ha- there has to be a reason for this I'm just saying there has to be a reason for this right and there should be because if this is just a way to make us care and get invested into Bobby Lashley's Fail. character Ultimate mission fail. This was an atrocious segment. It made me actively think Bobby Lashley was lame. Why would you do that to one of the most legit people on your roster? And because this does come up a bit, and we talked about it in the Backlash review, where if Roman suddenly miraculously turns heel, no, that does not undo all the bad storytelling and segments you've done in the weeks prior. It's still bad storytelling. It's not like, oh, but it was all because we set up those objects. Fine, set up the objects, but make it interesting and do it do it better, WWE. Jesus H Christ. You are not a fan of this segment. It is awful, but okay. <laughs> Apart from Bobby's snappy dress sense, mm-hmm. this does have comedy replay value. Oh like this yeah. is so bad that it's good, but it is also so bad that it's offensive. Like you told, well, you showed me the image when Bobby Lashley did the like, and it's it's a really like tight close up on his face. His face fills the entirety of the screen, and you did say it's like, well, this is the easiest wrestle ramble thumbnail we've ever had to make because that's all we need, and that's true. So there's a positive. We're gonna meme it. We <laughs> this this face is a meme. Okay, if, if this isn't on Ross's WTF thumbnail, mm. like he is missing a trick, mate. Swaff Nation, please send us your captions. <laughs> For Bobby Lashley's gormless smile, I love you, my sister's face. This is this is a combat. This is a simulated combat sport where people are meant to fight each other. I don't mind personal stories, or but I like that sort of stuff. Yeah, the Rod, again, the Roddy NXT stuff was excellent, and it made Roddy such a better character coming out the back of it. This, this really was not that. And as I said, like, I'm, something has to come out of this, because it's so detailed. And as you said, like, it is sister-object story. Like, there has to be something within this that is going to play off in Bobby's first storyline. Or are we going to get another one of these next week where he's going to talk about his first run, maybe like his run in FCW, or he's going to talk about... Um, no, T- in, TNA? In, in OVW, sorry. TNA? 
well, I was going to get to that. And then maybe they'll talk about, like, you know, the Battle of the Billionaires. Because they did say, like, the video package before this that kind of, like, highlighted his career and, like, his, his um, wrestling background. And then he came to WWE through Kurt Angle. And he was ECW champion in the United States champion. And he, quote-unquote, main-evented WrestleMania. I was, so, I was like, well, they're finally doing it. They're giving us this video package. We're going to get the interview kudos wwe and then that lovely video package ends yep and then get that so i wonder if we're gonna get like the you know these next couple of weeks we're gonna like recap a lot of his career but the problem is that sounds all well and good but if it's anything like this it'll be dreadful because bobby's not being interviewed bobby is rehearsing lines and repeating them back to a camera like it's so nothing about this seems real or genuine in what possible world did they think this would get bobby lashley over this this just I I can't I can't I can't mate this is a company that la- on Sunday night put Roman Reigns versus Samoa Joe on last with the idea that because Joe was wrestling a boring match people would boo Joe and cheer Rome. the wrestle ramble will be right back after these short messages This episode of the Wrestle Ramble is brought to you in part by Patreon. For just $5 a month, you will get access to Wrestle Ramble Extra, a monthly podcast where Ollie and I review pay-per-views from wrestling's past. The poll for this month's show is now open and includes Judgment Day 2000, 2001 and 2009, WCW Slambury 2000, TNA Sacrifice 2009, ROH and New Japan's War of the Worlds 2015 and more. We'll announce the winner of that poll next week so head over to patreon.com forward slash wrestle talk to get involved that's patreon.com forward slash wrestle talk mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. Yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Haha, <laughs> it's a raw review looking jack, man. So cut Anger away from the show with his floppy wrists. He's excited, Luke. He's very excited because backlash is out of the way, which means we can look forward to another pay-per-view now. And that mm. pay-per-view is Money in the Bank, and we've got six weeks' worth of bill to mess it all up. <laughs> uh, well, I, I did appreciate how this episode of Raw structured itself around the pay-per-view in six weeks' time. All the wrestlers and storylines were based off, I want to get in the match so I can win the briefcase. And I hope they that isn't just a a one-week thing and they forget about it, or it's just after... It's just until the qualifying matches are over. I I hope this can run over three to four weeks. Yes, I agree. Uh, Um, Yeah, that was good. Shout out to the lad who had a sign as well that said, uh, Comic Sans, greater than Times New Roman, which I thought was... It's like an extra little dig in there, which I thought was nice. A troll. But my other one was a lad that was just next to him that had, um, you know, the uh, the mocking SpongeBob meme? Um, Patrick. Uh, it's without the Patrick one, it's just the SpongeBob one where he sort of bent over with the sort of silly face. And he just says, this is my yard. Really nice. made me laugh. Strong sign game. Strong sign game Long the Island. Front row. There was also a Braun Strowman with an infinity gauntlet. Yes, which was that. really yeah, really get good. These hands. So um, Long Island, New York. That's where um, that's where Zack Ryder's from. Um, was he on the show at all? He was in a backstage segment. Oh, of course. Yeah. 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 Uh, the uh, I thought Kurt Angle sounded a bit like Trump here. Oh yeah? yeah, yeah, and you. I, I was going to make this jump, this joke in my news, but you do a better rev- a impression. <laughs> oh, just, know, have I done the Trump impression on here? I, I don't, don't even... know, but Kurt, <laughs> That's Kurt was just like podcast. Kurt was like saying, "WWE is so great. We never stop. We, you know, we just keep on going. I give you the best matches, the best matches. I just... got the best matches better than anyone else in the matches. We have the best matches. I say that's not that great. We have the best matches here. The best matches you will ever see in a wrestling promotion. Okay." I mean, you turned into South Park at the end there. (laughs) Uh, So Braun interrupted this and came out and he said, well, I should be in one of these Money in the Bank qualifying matches. And then I don't know how he transitioned into this. This was a bad segue, if there was one at all. Absolutely. And Braun told his own childhood anecdote about when all the kids in the, I don't know, flaming pits of hell that he grew up in were (laughs) making a treehouse and they all went to play in it without him. Yeah, it was, he essentially told the No Homers Club story, mm. which is a, tell from the, a story from The Simpsons when Homer wasn't allowed to uh, join his friend's treehouse because it was a No Homer Club or No Homers Club. But then another kid called Homer was in there because it's No Homers. We're allowed to have one. Nice. That's basically what the story that Braun was telling here. And so Braun, and because it's Braun's voice as well, it's just like, there was these kids who built a treehouse and I wanted to be in that treehouse. So you know what I did? I tipped up the whole tree. It was just like, it, again, it was really, cause it was like, you know, here's the setup line. And then Kurt was there to give like the, so what did you do, Braun? Well, I, I thought it was it was quite well structured because that first bit when he's telling the story really clunkily, I was like, oh, God, <clears throat> this this could be the suffering succotash line for Braun. But then Kurt says, oh, and let me, and you know what I was thinking? Let let me guess, you, you trashed the, 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 
the treehouse. Mm. And then Braun goes, no, I tipped over the tree with them all inside. <laughs> and that, I was like, you have completely won me over with this story. I thought this was ridiculous. <laughs> it's still definitely ridiculous, but in a great way. But it, like, was it though? Because like, it didn't tie into anything, really. It's not like he, he basically was just like, I tipped over a treehouse. And I'm also going to win money in the bank. Neither of those things match. Well, there's a a height element. You've got to climb up. Cool. Cool story, bro. But, like, it didn't really work. I mean, we've only watched this episode of Raw once. And we've watched them multiple times, don't we? (laughs) Great, great. With... Rewatching value oh, WWE TV. Yeah, we watch these things with such meticulous mm. detail. We remember who won out of the Braun Strowman uh, Big Show cage match. So I, I don't, I really can't remember how this related to anything. I was just so shocked by the, the kind of admission of manslaughter. Yep. That Braun says at the end. But anyway, Angle says that he does deserve a shot at Money in the Bank. And then uh, this brought out Kevin Owens, uh, who said that he instead deserves to be in Money in the Bank because he was screwed at Backlash. He wasn't the legal man uh, when he was pinned and says that he's the real MVP of Raw. Mm. And he wants to be in the Money in the Bank match instead. And uh, my favorite bit of this, though, was when he got like onto the apron and then Braun went to threaten him and said, like, if you want to get Money in the Bank, you're going to have to get these hands. And Kevin Owens just backed up saying, like, I don't want your stupid catchphrases. Yeah. Owens is so good at little bits like that. And he also said, you're a bad monster. Very bad bad monster. monster. Yeah. And this all, obviously obviously you can see where this is going. Angle books a match, which is Braun Strowman versus Kevin Owens. And it's a qualifying match for Money in the Bank. Uh, Angle said, ironically, you're going to face Braun Strowman. That's not not ironic as far as I understand the word. No. It's like rain on your wedding day. This is just unlucky. <laughs> it's like 10,000 spoons yes. and all you need is a knife. Uh, so this transitioned into Braun Strowman versus Kevin Owens. Interestingly, from that promo as well, mm. the, um, Kevin Owens brought up again his relationship with Stephanie McMahon. I'm just, oh, wondering, yeah. I'm just wondering if that's going to play into anything. Yeah, because Kurt said, oh, like, thanks for reminding me that yeah. Stephanie's watching. Uh, so Braun Strowman took on Kevin Owens in what I thought was actually a very good match. Yeah, this I actually really enjoyed this match. Yeah. I know I said on yesterday's podcast <laughs> that I was a bit concerned about Braun as champion because you can only have him in one sort of they've been essentially booked him in one sort of match for so long now that you feel like well that's all Braun can do like he squashed the entire tag team division and tagged with a 10 year old and beat the tag champs on his own and then has just squashed Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn for weeks on end but this actually reminded me of how good Braun is in singles action and how great it is when you know when people sort of work you know work around him and work around his limitations how good Braun Strowman is how good Kevin Owens is because I remember a very good match that I personally enjoyed from last year on Raw yeah so it was before the Superstar Shake-Up last year Kevin Owens and Braun Strowman had a very good match there as well Mm. which was similarly it was a similar pattern of Owens kind of using his ring smarts getting out the way of stuff uh, targeting legs yada yada to to bring down Strowman and can I change my statement then? uh, how how enjoyable he is to watch okay yeah and it's it it works because sometimes you're like, well, I don't believe that Owens is getting the better of Strowman, like the Carmella Charlotte match on SmackDown on on Backlash. Oh, it's we'll like, come on to that. I don't believe that Carmella is. We won't come on to it. No, we will because there, <laughs> there was a comment on commentary. Oh, was there? Yeah, that Carmella can dominate Charlotte. Uh, but here I thought Kevin Owens worked around that well and great frog splash. Once uh, again, yeah. and yeah, Braun got the upper hand in the end by. 
that well there was Kevin Owens tried to do the pop up power bomb, <laughs> and Braun just jumped down off the pop up power bomb and was like, "No, mate," and then <laughs> clobbered him, and that led to the three running charges on the outside. The third one. Oh, I thought the second one was the best. I mean, yeah, the second one was great, but the third one, when he did like a full forward flip bump, was excellent. Well, the first one was, you know, like Braun Strowman clips them with the side of his shoulder, but the the second one, he just ran straight into him chest first. It yeah, was great. It was great uh, got a huge pop as well. Yeah, it did, yeah. And running power slam for the win. Good match. Yeah, good match. Very much enjoyed that. Um, backstage, I've written here, backstage, some lad interviewed Roman Reigns. I it's think, Mike Rowe. Is that Mike Rowe? That's Mike Rowe. Oh, I've WWE.com's Mi- own I've Mike Rowe. I've called him Mike Rowe. Yes. Yeah, I wasn't sure. Um, and he, anyway, so Roman calls himself the uncrowned Universal Champion. Cuts just one of a, another one of his whiny promos, basically. So I'm going to show you a picture here, Luke. Uh-huh. Get, everyone else is just going to have to paint this picture in their minds. Yeah. This is... The, the shot of the backstage interview. There's mm-hmm. Roman Reigns there, looking about, I would say, a foot taller than Mike, than Mike Rome. Yeah. There is only two inches of difference. Ah, they put him on a box. Real. Yeah, a Lovely box. Stuff. Or that is a hell of a squat yeah. from Mike Rome. Because uh, old um, Todd Phillips does the squat yes. very well, doesn't yeah. he, for, for his interview. So we're back to that. Anything to get Roman over. <laughs> then we got some... Uh, the, the, throughout the night, there was these phone shot promos. Uh, hyping up money in the bank and why various people can't wait to win it. Bailey had one and Breezango had a funny one. Yeah, and I like this as well because it wasn't just like you'd imagine that it's just going to be your mid-carders that are in there, but actually you had people like Breezango and the Ascension cut a promo about possibly winning money in the bank. And I really like that. It's yeah. sort of, like, it made it feel almost like the Royal Rumble where it kind of opens up the battlefield. It's like, yeah. hey, like anyone could win the Royal Rumble. Hey, anyone could qualify for money in the bank. You don't know who's going to be in there. So I, 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 really, I really enjoyed that aspect of it. It's... I don't know how they're going to do this. I think they'll have a battle royal for the final spot. Well, I was I was thinking more in terms of does okay. Raw get four places? Yes, does they Smackdown... said that on commentary. Oh, they yeah. did, did they? Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, so... They announced on commentary that each match will have eight people, four from each brand. It'd be really nice to have seven proper upper carders and then one guy like, like a Fandango or a yeah. Tyler Breeze cause you, or a Chad Gable because you could make someone just using that match absolutely that absolutely you could it wasn't just the phone promos a lot of people were coming into Kurt Angle's office to say why they should get qualifying matches in this case it was Goldust yeah okay so Goldust came in and said that he wants to be in a qualifying match um, and he does his movie quote shtick and then Jinder walks in and says that he deserves to be in the triple threat match uh, instead of you know whoever you know because the, the triple threat main event was going to be Roman Reigns versus Finn Balor versus Sami Zayn the winner get, qualifies for money in the bank so Jinder said he should be in that triple threat match um, and Angle says well I mean you haven't won a match since you've come to Raw so you're not really on that much of a role are you uh, and you're going to be facing Chad Gable tonight and if you put in a good performance I'll consider putting you into a Money in the Bank qualifier. Golda then says another movie quote and walks out. And I was like, yeah, but you didn't get an answer. Like you literally walked in and said, can I be in a match? Kurt Angle got distracted by something else. And then he was like, cool, bro. Okay, I'm, then. I'm off. And it's again, it's just like, it's, it's when you script things too much. And then at the end of it, you're like, actually, that doesn't make any sense anymore. This exact thing happened to Zack Ryder later on. Yeah. Didn't get an answer either. Just like, oh, he said my catchphrase. Wait, does that mean I'm in a match? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be funnier if they held on these comedy undercarders or lower carders, yeah. whatever they're called. Uh, I, also, the the reasoning that Jinder hasn't won enough matches. Do you know what Ke- Kevin Owens' record is for TV matches and pay-per-view matches this year? I do not. It's 1-1, uh, lost 12. 
Wow. Yeah. Ouch. So, uh, yeah, we had that. But I do like how everyone's gunning for the Money in the Bank places. Yes. Then we got Baron Corbin and the Revival taking on... Your fa- oh, mate, your oh, favourite, right. your absolute favourite. And No Way Jose. Yeah, you bloody love No Way Jose, don't you? My first note is your revival are too good for this position. Oh, Poor yeah, lad. Say that again. Got the jobber entrance. Um, this, <laughs> I've also written, this is the most wrestling No Way Jose has done on the main roster, which I'm mm. almost certain is true. Uh, Corbin blind tagged himself in and hit the end of days on No Way for the win. I thought it was a fun six-man tag, yeah. though. I yeah, thought it was actually it a was, really fun match. It was a, it was a, a very fun match. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it went five minutes. Yeah. Did you hear Corey Graves' description of No Way Jose, who was wearing these fluorescent green bottoms? You could call him a highlighter. A human highlighter. A human highlighter, yeah. yeah. It was funny. But then it was like all the Money in the Bank matches were really good because next up, because that six-man was not for anything apart from furthering the Baron Corbin No Way Jose feud that we're so into. But the commentators were also saying, it's like, oh, you know, a big win mm. here. Maybe that, you know, Kurt Angle's going to be watching this. Maybe they could be put into a Money in the Bank qualifier again. Again, making like every single match about qualifying yeah. for Money in the Bank, even if it wasn't a qualifier. But the next match was a qualifier and it was really good. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, I, did you not like Well, it? no, I thought it was good. But I thought it had like a really great start, and then it really yeah. fell apart when Ruby was just doing chin locks for what in seemed like yeah, what okay. seemed like ages. It was just it was a really great start and end, and but it was also one of those matches as well where Ember Moon was clearly going to win because she was dominated throughout the match uh, and then got the 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 win at the end. Um, I really didn't I really didn't mind it. Well, but I, I did think though that it was. It was good. Mm. I just thought that the middle was very, very saggy. So this was Ember Moon beating Ruby Riot and Sasha Banks. It's boss time. With, oh my god! When he said Michael Cole said that, I just I've written it there. It's yeah. boss time. It's boss time, man. Yeah. I thought Ruby Riot was actually the standout. She here. was great. Uh, really there was good. a particular moment when she was beating up Sasha Banks, and she did the uh, when she's on the, tur- the top turnbuckle, and she gets Sasha's head between her legs and drives it into the, the second turnbuckle. A move that Coachman said was the most innovative move he's ever seen. Mate, you want to watch? Do you want to watch Buddy Murphy's finish on Two Hundred Five Live? So, Coachman's commentary here. There's, so the story of the match was Moon, Riot and Banks. That Moon got chucked out early and it was just Riot and Banks who were working together really well. I really do like both of them. It's just a shame they've been booked into oblivion, essentially. And then because it's triple threat rules, no DQ, the Riot squad get involved a lot. Yeah. Why wouldn't they do that from the start? It's by the by, that's wrestling. You can put that to one side. And then Bailey runs down. Bailey runs down to help Sasha Banks. And this was quite good, even though I... Gave up on this a few days ago. They kind of resigned, I'm helping you out, Sasha. Yada, yada, yada. But then Coachman just says, let it go. Let, let it, it go. go. And he said it twice. And then Corey was like, you're watching Frozen over there. It was. It just came out of nowhere. It was so weird. And it's got to the point, guys, where I don't find Coachman laughably bad anymore. Oh, I just no. find him infuriating. I, I still quite like the word of the hour no. shtick. I think that, that, that amuses me. But I, the- I, I feel like Backlash was a real watershed moment for my fandom this year. Where yeah. I just, all the things that I was kind of like getting along with, or like, oh, that's quite endearingly bad. I, I actively hate the next day. But um, this was also the match where they had. I'm pretty sure it was in this match where they had a commentary line that was just wanted just just to underline the 
pointlessness and awfulness of backlash at times. Pointlessness is the wrong word, but awfulness certainly is the right word. When they essentially said, like, they were putting over how important it is to win money in the banks. Like, I mean, look what it did for Carmella. And what a great showing she had against Charlotte yesterday, really proving her own. I'm like, mate, that wasn't the bloody storyline you were telling going into that match. Why is this now the storyline? And it was just, it was a complete 180 change of character on a whim. It's just like, oh, all of a sudden now Carmella's brilliant, by the way. She's an excellent wrestler. We just haven't been, she just hasn't been showing it for whatever reason. Yeah, yeah. Which And it really, really annoyed me. But I, you know, I thought this match was actually quite good out, of, you know, in the vacuum. But, uh, and I, you know, you said that Ruby Wright was also, was really great. I thought she was absolutely terrific in this match. And there was a really nice um, sort of Hurricane Rana off the top rope. Yes. That was rolled through into the Yes, into the that power was really bomb. good. Really cool. And that's when the Wright squad got involved. Yeah, and then you're right, and then uh, Bailey got, involved in the end to kind of help Banks because that storyline must continue I'm pretty sure it started in 2016 I think they, they yeah, started doing well, teasing. yeah and this isn't this isn't Randy Savage Hulk Hogan <laughs> no. <and> Elizabeth <laughs> the mega powers explode no, this, this isn't a well told story over a long period it's uh, yeah and then uh, Riot had uh, well Banks was about to get right into the bank statement and then uh, Moon came off the top with an eclipse onto well onto Ruby Riot, but it sort of knocked Banks out of the ring, and she won the match. So yeah, really cool finish, really cool finish. But Emma was dominated throughout the match, and then uh, Charlie Caruso interviewed her back. Was it Charlie Caruso? I mean, it's yeah, one, it's of, one them. of them. Interviewed her backstage, and she had her own suffering succotash line when she asked, like, "What do you think of that?" When she said, "I'm over the moon." You get it because her name is Ember Moon, and she has a moon in her Titantron. Yeah, uh, it's it's terrible. Yeah, it's terrible. Why would you like that's like okay? I'm trying I'm trying to write something for the promo. Okay, I'll just write down some crap ideas just to get me going, just so the obvious stuff is out of my head and on the page, and I can come up with something better. But they just they went with that first one. Yep, first the draft. most obvious horrible thing it makes Ember look bad. She looks lame. She's meant to be like a cool. I still don't really know what her character is. I like her wrestling. Uh, and her gear is really cool. Okay. She's got an excellent look. Mm. Um, but at that point, I thought, hmm, I think I'm over this moon. Yeah. Yeah, I'm it's starting to lose interest. And if, if she starts doing crap like that, I'm going to lose interest. And there was a weird bit where she seemed to stumble over her last line, which is like, and I will rise. And then she paused and restarted the line. I will rise to winning the Money in the Bank contract. Well, it's because she has to rise like a moon again, because her character is she's a moon, I think. Um <laughs> <laughs> And she's going to rise like one to win one of the This is what happens when you give people scripted dialogue. Just give them bullet points and let them make up their own nonsense. What what a terrific character. Someone submit that to crap gimmicks. What, the I'm a moon? No, just a... Yeah, the gimmick is they're a moon. <laughs> they're... I don't know Orbiting how... Orbiting around other wrestlers. Develop it. Develop it for <laughs> us. I like how we're outsourcing a lot of the stuff these days. Meme. Meme captions for Bobby Lashley's face. Jingles. Jingles. Send us in jingles. Absolutely. So after that, hot off the momentum of the over the moon pun, we got the aforementioned Bobby Lashley interview. Yep. And then we get more dissent from Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Joy, because apparently we can't have nice things like mm. them being a team. Um, yeah, they, Sammy was like, look, it's really important that one of us gets to into Money Bank and one of us becomes the Universal Champion. But Kevin seemed pretty upset about all of this um, because Sammy had slapped him at the uh, the pay-per-view. And, and fed him to Braun Strowman. And fed him yeah. to Braun Strowman, yeah. And uh, eventually Kevin walked... Oh, because Sammy was getting him to say yep because he was only saying yes. And when he wouldn't say... He wouldn't say yep, he just said yes and he walked off. It's a real shame because this isn't the story they should be telling when this is an open goal of booking. They're both so good as 
ridiculously over-the-top friends. But it's also like you see this... They, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens are putting in excellent performances here. Sami Zayn's kind of conspiratorial, they're out to get us, shaking nut thing is, is really good. And Owens is a, a great performer himself. It's like, imagine if they had something good to do. <laughs> Just imagine they had something good to do. It's almost as if this tag team division could do with a, like another really cool tag team because well, we've got some really good tag teams in this division, mm. but it, like, you know, the Deleter of Worlds don't have a feud at the moment. Yeah. So next up, we got that Jinder Mahal-Chad Gable match that had been set up by Kurt earlier in the night. Uh, Chad got a few spots, but it was mostly all Jinder, yeah. I would say. And after Gable got a kind of shock victory, shock, who knows, two weeks prior, but Mahal beat him up before the bell there. So I thought that, that told quite a nice story. Uh, and I would have definitely gone putting Gable over again here. But of course, there were bigger plans in store. So Jinder won with a colossus. He certainly did. And then after the match, Sunil Singh was getting in uh, Gable's face. So Gable pushed him out of the way. And then Jinder took ups, uh, exception to that and beat up Chad uh, some more. I've got to be honest, I was expecting a Jason Jordan return. Oh, yeah, because he, he is ready. They yeah, say. well, PW Insider said that he would be on the show. Man, um, that's not the... I mean, reuniting American Alpha... I didn't even think of that for some reason. Yeah. That is not a bad idea at all. Well, and Gable's using their music again. Mm. But I, I don't know why. It was just like, it's because they were doing the beatdown spot. I was expecting a return. Uh, Alexa Bliss, who's currently injured, did a phone promo for Money in the Bank, as did The Ascension. I thought The Ascension's promo was pretty good. Yes, it was. Yeah. yeah. Uh, not not their comedy stuff, though. Mm, so it's yes. like, where are, what think, are you? Well, is that still going on? I don't know. I don't know. Do they even do the fashion files on WWE.com? I don't know. Uh, Zack Ryder, we spoke about it. He was he, he came into Kurt's office and asked for a Money in the Bank match. And Jinder came in off his loss to Chad Gable. And was like, win. Sorry, win to Chad Gable. And said, you know, I should get a Money in the Bank qualifying match now. It should be a fatal four-way Yes. Tonight. And Kurt said, woo, woo, no. Because that's Zack's catchphrase. Yeah, it was something along those lines. I think he, I think he did the full woo woo woo. Oh, I'm and sorry. Then, I don't want to misquote the guy. Well, I mean, someone will correct you. I just want to, you know, I'm just saving you the embarrassment. Heaven forbid. <laughs> it was something along those lines. But again, yeah, um, he he asked for a spot and then didn't really get an answer. But cool because he used his catchphrase. Yeah. Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler beat Heath Slater and Rhino in two minutes. Yep. Uh, the crowd was super into Heath Slater here. <laughs> yeah. Not a I got kids chance. Well, which He's Rhino, got kids. Rhino was starting, you mm. know, but that's because how that's how good Rhino is. That he was getting people to chant. I, you know, he's got kids during this match. Rhino. Yeah, Rhino was. He was on the outside starting oh, the chant. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, nice work. You can Rhino. hear it because he's the loudest person. <laughs> uh, but Drew and Dolph are really good. Their, their move sets have, have they've really worked hard on integrating their moves into each other's. Yeah, uh, style and their double team moves are really good. This time they did that. They've done it before, didn't they? It was mm -hmm. like the, the Alabama slam yeah. into with the super kick into the full slam. But this time, Drew had Slater yeah, yeah. draped over the top rope, and Dolph hit a super kick from the outside, and then they hit their Claymore zigzag, zigzag for the the finish. Yeah. I mean, I I think that this is um, it's a. I think the tag team is cool. It's the most interesting Dolph has been in quite some time. But I'm just so much more into Drew than I am oh, Dolph yeah. in the few. Like I, I think that, like it when Dolph is in the ring, it's 
it's fine. It's, it just feels like a WWE tag team match. But as the second Drew steps through the ropes, the mood changes and the, the atmosphere of a match changes. It's, it's just it's how good Drew is, as particularly in this role, I suppose. But the, the mood just felt so much, so like just another level when he stepped in the ring. Feels serious. Yeah. That's the best word I can think that's of re- to yeah, describe that's a, it. That's really good, yeah. And, and it's a shame that his serious entrance... Oh, has that record scratch. Yeah, with a record scratch. I We've mean, I've spoken enough it. on that. This team is very, very good, but it's all about Drew. Bobby Roode took on Elias for the third week in a row next. Now, of course, Bobby Roode got his larynx crushed on the last match they had just seven days ago. And uh, he's totally fine here. He was fine on Saturday, uh, Sunday night at Backlash. But yep. there was no, not even an inkling of using that injury as part of the match. No, absolutely not. In fact, I'd almost forgotten it happened. Yeah, yeah. well, there you go. Uh, but before this... Idea, the commentary just fell apart during this match. And for the, uh, yeah, a lot of the night afterwards. Oh, man. So Michael Cole was just creaming his pants over the prospect of Elias. Yeah. And I just, I, Michael Cole is not a pleasant voice to listen to on commentary. We, that's... You know, that's pretty much a platitude by this point. But I, when you give him non-babyface things to do, like being really excited for the obvious heel Elias or being down on the obvious babyfaces, the deleter of worlds, it really makes his character just so inconsistent and it makes me not buy into any of the play-by-play stuff he has to say. Mm-hmm. It's really damaging to everything overall. So why can't you get... I know Corey's gimmick is that he, he hates the Drifter, and that's very consistent from his NXT days. But this is, a, this is a Corey Graves spot to get really excited about Elias. It's fine to... Jerry Lawler used to do it on a dime all the time. As soon as someone turns heel, oh, well, you know, now, now they've changed their ways. I think Corey could easily just have one word of, you know what, this is great, this stuff that he yeah. does now. That, that's far more suited. But what you've got here was Michael Cole doing his horrible over-the-top selling of how great oh, Elias yeah. is. Oh, yeah, he's going to do a concert. Oh, my God, it's going to be great. Right. Yeah. You know, I was really listening to the um, the WrestleMania X7 um, opening promo because we uh, did the, the WrestleMania Lecture episode on it quite recently. And um, that opening promo has, like, WWE commentators talking about these great WrestleMania moments. And you hear like Gorilla Monsoon, the irresistible force versus the immovable object. You hear Vince McMahon, the boyhood dream has come true for Shawn Michaels. And you have Austin, Austin, the Austin era has begun. And then you got Michael Cole going like, WrestleMania is the best. And I'm like, oh God, it was the worst thing about that promo. Maybe actually actively hate it. And he was okay back then. <laughs> he is so much, and you know, it's more. The, the direction he's given. Yeah, it is. Uh, so the, this was the Elias gig. Elias did his usual shtick, trashing Long Island. Mm-hmm. And Billy Joel, that didn't get much heat. <laughs> no. He, he, he trashed Billy Joel and everyone was like, yeah, okay. Cool. <laughs> I mean, yeah, bear in mind, like the, the audience that they tend to cater towards are like, you know, eight-year-olds. I mean, how many eight-year-olds do you know who are mm. super into Billy Joel at the moment? Yeah. Uh, well, they should be. <laughs> Great solo artist. And uh, they got some Rusev Day chants in there off the, the segment that happened the previous night. But he got much better heat for insulting the local sports team. Yeah. I think they're a, like, they, he said something that sounded like it should be a local sports, sports team. team. Yeah. I mean, they probably do a lot of sports <coughs> in, in Long Island. Uh, and then Bobby came in and they had a match. I thought it was uh, a better match than Elias usually has. Yep. It felt like he did more wrestling moves than just usual 
that most of his stuff's based around rest holds. Yes, I, I, the crowd were cheering for other things, but I couldn't quite make out what they were what they were chanting for. But apparently, there was a proposal that was during the, in the that, show. Was, that was during the triple threat women's match, and that was I oh, think right. one of the other reasons why I think the match sagged a little bit because the crowd just stopped paying attention to yeah. the match and turned around to to congratulate the, the the guy who got married. You know, congratulations! Don't do it at a wrestling show during a match because I think it's a little bit disrespectful. I, but... I can't help but feeling unless the the fiance is a super wrestling fan that that's those sorts of things are more for the guy maybe yeah i mean like my my uh, my wife would always like before i you know we talked about like oh if i was going to propose i don't think she would have minded if i'd done it in a public place i think she didn't want me to do it in front of family because that would have been very embarrassing but I, I i just wanted it to be the two of us but i've seen you know proposals at like kevin smith shows where i sort of feel like oh, i wonder if that is Who's this for? Who's this for? Who's this, this for? for? And this very much feels and might be one of those. Who's this for? Yeah. But um, yeah, you know, the, you could, uh, the crowd were disinter- disinterested in this match as well. You could ask that question about a lot of WWE booking. <laughs> Who, Who is, is this, this for? for? That, that Bobby Lashley segment. Who's this for? Uh, so I, yeah, I liked the Elias. That so Rude had a running bulldog, and Elias turned that into a backbreaker. I thought that was quite good. Mm-hmm. And the the crush larynx spot did kind of play into it when. Bobby blocked himself being thrown into the ring post again, but that was all it was. Yeah. And then Rude wins on the third time after Elias had been him clean in two previous occasions. And he was like, now I want to be added to the Money in the Bank match because that would be, guess what he said? Guess what adjective he used? Delightful. Yeah. yeah. Seth Rollins took on, well, we should start from the beginning so we can have the crazy reveal of who answered the challenge first mm-hmm. so opening this segment Seth Rollins came out for a promo god he's good he is really good god, and the crowd good. love him at the moment absolutely he's really good but Corey Graves said on commentary many people are saying Seth Rollins versus The Miz is a match of the year candidate <laughs> no it's not Abs- I mean it was the best match on that card but it was a very low bar that they had to vault over yeah. like no, absolutely not. If that is, if that, I mean, it will probably be on, um, you know, when WWE release at the end of the, on the network at the end of the year, it will probably be on that, but no way is that going to be a match of the year contender. Yeah. It's, it, it'll be lucky. So in the larger world of wrestling, that's not even in the top 10 of this month. No. Uh, maybe in WWE it will be top five. I don't know. But yeah, seriously. <laughs> <coughs> Mate. Corey Graves is the one with the most credibility. Uh, so Seth does an in-ring promo yep. and he says that he wants to make the Intercontinental title the top title on Raw which yep. kind of needs to I because mean, it has to be Brock isn't around them that much and he says he wants to be a fighting champion unlike The Miz who he beat at Backlash so he issues an open challenge John um, Cena style but we've said this uh, on a few times now after the, the great stuff that Cena did with the United States Championship when he did his, his US Open challenge every week and essentially with John Cena's new gimmick he is he has the best match on TV every week and a new guy comes in and he has a really really good match a three and a half four star match with each person that comes into the ring lovely stuff it made for great television each and every week and ever since then when they've done these teasers like AJ Styles did it with the United I was like oh brilliant now AJ Styles can have the best match on TV every week we thought that Roman might be doing it with the Intercontinental I was like oh brilliant now Roman can have the best match on TV each and every week and none of them have ever done it they've done it once and then that's it and then they've gone on to different storylines so this time Maybe it's just, I'm, I'm getting my hopes up, but hopefully this time it sticks 
and so, and Rollins just uh, gets to have the best match on TV each and every week. That'd be lovely. Well, he he would, regardless. I think, mm-hmm. it, but this really has a. You can build a storyline around yeah, it. You can bring up people from NXT for one yeah. one shows and oh, things like that. Strong set yeah, exactly. Rollins. Like you know, you, and that's what was great about the the John uh, John Cena one when you had Kevin Owens coming, you had Sami Zayn come up, and you had all these people that were just like coming out of the woodwork to be like, hey, let's. Let's have a show-stealing match. Let's have a star-making match. And and actually, you know, the the match that we had here, I thought was one of those matches. And I, I really, really enjoyed the whole... Like, this from start to end, I really enjoyed. As I said, I just hope they can do it again next week and the weeks following to build into a new storyline. I totally agree. Because it appears it's one with Finn Balor's not happening now. Yeah, so this was uh, answered by Monday Night Rawley. It's Mojo Rawley, people. Yeah. Uh, he cut a good promo on the way down to the ring, but not as intense and fiery as as we know he can be but i thought he carried himself as a good heel here particularly because the crowd wanted it to be Zack Ryder. yes well, that would have been <clears throat> i guess that's why they did it because of their history yeah i didn't think of that actually and jojo does the proper intros like uh it's a, a proper title bout you know yeah. in the left corner or whatever uh here i was mojo rawley is a deceptively big guy mm. because what seth rollins is big and he is toned but Mojo Rawley, because he lacks a bit of definition, I sometimes see him as a bit shorter or maybe, but standing alongside Rollins, he is, to use an internet term, thick, isn't he? <laughs> with two he's, C's. Yeah, with two C's. He's, he's wider, he's a little bit taller. He's just like, he's the same but larger. Yeah. And Not was, fat or, or anything like no. that, just he's a bigger human being. And it was, I, I was surprised by how big he actually is. And if we want to talk about Graves further losing credibility uh, with us here at WrestleTalk, yeah, he tried to claim that Mojo really gained some ground on SmackDown. What did he accom- What did he do on SmackDown? He gave pep talks to kids. And he had that very, very small feud with Zack Ryder. Mm. Like, I'm not sure that he really gained any ground on SmackDown. It was barely on TV. Corey has been good. Hopefully this is just a, a blip here. But uh, this, like you said, was a good match. Yeah. Uh, Seth were, hits double dives. That was the real fire-up part. Mojo looked good. Well, that, that's it. And that's what makes this match so yeah. good, is that Seth's role in this match was not just, hey, we need to like you know put on a really good match. It was like, I let's give you some really big moments to elevate you in, in defeat. Mm. It was so Mojo came out of this match, although he lost, looking so much better than he did before he went into this match. And that is the that's a really that's how great Rollins is. And uh, you know, and then credit to Mojo as well. I thought Mojo was really, really strong in this match. And I just, yeah, I hope they can do this again next week. And hopefully, Mojo gets something out of this. Thumbs up all round. Thumbs up. Then we got Finn Balor cutting a mobile phone promo. Yep. About smiling. I have, I've written the exact same words that you have. Finn I mean, Balor has a cell phone promo about smiling. Yeah. And you, what did it, it was like, you'll be smiling too if <laughs> you never got your Universal Championship automatic I don't know, rematch I was just clause. Because so, the first thing was like, do you want to know why I'm smiling? Mm. And I was like, yes, actually, I do. Because you do it all the time. Uh, after this, we got Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel. No longer Ms. Taraji. No. They have, uh, they've split from that. They've broken out of their roles to have new leading roles yeah they cut an inset promo to say that like they're no longer the mistrage they're no longer supporting actors and they're going to reveal their new tag team name which they didn't do uh, in in this match and they had the line turn us on and turn us loose mm. uh, i actually quite enjoyed this because they end that ends with um, they're like we're going to announce a new tag team stay tuned huh huh which is i think their new gimmick now mm. which led coachman to believe that their new tag team name is stay tuned uh 
Uh, yeah, this was uh, the, the commentary was awful for this match. <clears throat> it was Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel, whatever they're called, versus the deleter, the deleters of Welds, Woken Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt, and it was just Cole and Graves bickering over Bray Wyatt's new essence of Samuel or Samuel, however you say it. It was it was it was awful. It was, it was awful yeah, to was listen really to. And and I don't blame <clears throat> Matt or Bray in any of this. But the commentary makes me want them not to be on TV anymore because yeah. I I can't having this every week is it's just so draining. It's so draining to hear Michael Cole talk about it was like oh and some bald guys having to go at me on Twitter and then Corey goes goes that senior Benjamin show some respect. It's the same crap every single week. It's really it's so demoralizing. It makes me want to just I, it act, as I said it actively makes me them not, want them not to be on TV just the, the, so I can avoid the commentary. And the commentators are so important yeah. for for getting over the product and and being credible. And that yeah, this is awful. It's so bad. But they've got a new version of the Sister Abigail. Yeah, I feel like they've this is like the third attempt of trying to make a double team move whereas Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler have like move double team moves to spare Bray and Matt are still struggling on this one yeah they, they really are yeah not not gelling as a as a mm. tag team they have some spots that are quite good but I thought this was this was the best they've had this yeah. was easily the best one they just do it side by side and yeah. do the move together uh, then we got Natalia cutting a mobile phone promo was rubbish and yeah she said it was an honour to compete in the first women's money in the bank and she knows what it takes to win I was like but you lost twice mm. so I don't think you do know what it takes to win you know who does know what it takes to win though Baron Corbin who had the next promo who said well I won the money in the bank match last year and I'm going to win it again this year and I was like oh my god <laughs> you did win it last year I completely forgot that happened. Oh, mate, do you know what I forgot as well? When uh, During the Mojo match, they mentioned that Mojo Rawley won the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. And I paused and I was like, no, he didn't. Jinder won it. <laughs> and I was the like, Gronk won it. And I was about to write that now. I was like, I'm pretty sure Jinder won that match. And then I was, I, was like, I was like, no, wait, did Mojo win it? I honestly can't remember now. Mm. And then obviously I remembered the promo with the the kids when he was like carting the trophy around to all of the arenas that he was going to. So the main event was Finn Balor beating Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn. But let's be honest, more Sami Zayn for a place in the Money in the Bank ladder match. And this was a a, a really fun, good match, really well structured, where the crowd was super into Sami and Finn teaming together to beat up Roman Reigns. Okay, so I found this very interesting, this mm. match, because you're absolutely right. The Roman was absolutely booed out of the building and the crowd were chanting same old S at him because he was dominating Finn and Sammy right at the start of the match and the fans were not into that. And then Finn and Sammy came together and they beat him up and the crowd erupted into cheers, being like, hey! And then they dragged Roman into the outside, they brawled through the crowd and they beat them up out there. Anytime Roman got a little bit of offense in, boo! Crowd were like, just like so hot and into this match and specifically into hating on Roman and cheering whenever Finn and Sammy were beating each, beating up uh, Roman. And then eventually, Sammy uh, hits a halluva kick and he falls into the technical area and Balor gets up and he hits the coup de gras crowd erupt into like absolute madness then Finn and Sammy get into the ring and the crowd dies and the crowd weren't in so much until Roman got back and the crowd uh, started booing it again I didn't notice that yeah, the uh, crowd felt really quiet when it was just uh, Sammy and Finn. Which oh, I, thought, I really enjoyed the Sammy and Finn was, stuff. It was Maybe great. that's why I didn't notice yeah, it. Was, it was great. It was really, really good stuff. But the crowd were more into them beating up Roman and, no, and booing Roman. That's not strictly true. Because I've got here, Sammy 
when Sammy gets Finn into the ring, like Ole chants start. Yeah, but that's like right at the start. And then it's the longer, oh, no, the longer they wrestled, out. it just petered out. Yeah. And I, I was really surprised because I thought the, the fans would be more into that. But yeah, they weren't. Yeah. A reaction is worse than no reaction in yeah, these, pretty much. in this uh, case. So Finn and Seth, uh, like you said, that Finn and Seth, Finn and uh, Sammy, Sammy, there we go, Got there. Are, are having a really good back and forth. And then Sammy goes to hit something. Or, no, or is it Ballard goes to hit something in the barricade area? Someone tries to hit something. But Roman Reigns flies out and takes them out. And you could hear, you knew Roman was coming because you could hear the crowd started to boo. Yeah. Also, the, the commentators aren't reacting to it because they only watch the monitors. Um, and then, like, Roman dives out and they're like, oh, where did he come from? It's like, if you listen, mate, you'd have heard him. Mm. But, um, uh, yeah, and then uh, they had some more back and forth sort of stuff good back and forth good, this was good a good back match. and forth really actually, good I really, yeah I've, yeah. I've, I've sat come down in it but I actually really enjoyed it and then the finish saw Roman was he hit, a, hit the Superman punch on Finn and um, you know he's about to set up for the spear and then from out of nowhere Jinder Mahal jumps the barricade and he trips Roman Reigns Roman Reigns falls flat on his face and as he stands up Sammy hits the halluva kick and then from out of nowhere Finn hits the shotgun drop kick and the coup de grace and he wins to qualify for Money in the Bank so it's him and Braun Strowman pinning so Sammy yes pinning Sammy yeah so it's him and Braun Strowman uh, in the raw men's well from the raw side of things for the men's Money in the Bank but more depressingly it appears we are setting up for a Roman gender feud on Raw. Ho, ho, ho. Steady on, WWE. You do give us what we want sometimes. Ho, ho, ho. Oh, it is not promising because, I mean, that's the main event program, right? That I mean, it, totally, yeah. yeah. Well, because it's Roman, yeah, so it'll be the main event program. And and it's you, you, we thought, well, WWE, they tried the gender experiment. It did. It, it failed quite astoundingly. But then, like, they put him back into a, a mid-card area where he is so much better suited. This is perfect role for him. But now it was just... We we let our guard down, Luke. Well, because yeah. Vince has put Jinder right back into that main event program. It is two Vince McMahon pet projects against each other. And good God, I hope they don't go the foreign heel route. Well, I, well, I think it's more... Oh, yeah, I mean, the, the, when he won the United States Championship, I remember Dave Meltzer and Brian Alvarez saying, like, oh, man, it's the one thing we... Like, I, the one thing they never tried with Roman, the American hero, Roman Reigns. And that was, like, why he won the United States Championship, so he could be this American hero as a way to get people to cheer him. And, yeah, and it's now I've just suddenly realised that, that that's what this feud is designed to, because people don't like gender. So the theory is, I'm assuming... I mean, they don't like Jinder, so that means they'll cheer Roman Reigns because Roman is beating up Jinder. Well, right? they they cheered Jinder here yeah. when he tripped Reigns. Uh, the yeah. only other interesting thing is Zayn earlier in the night in their backstage segment said to Owens, you know, it's triple threat rules. Come out and help me. No disqualification. Owens did not come to help Zayn. No. Uh, one, one moment in this. So... It, will that play into the dissension that's not needed next week? I don't know. It's There is very little to be excited about on Raw right now. I guess the money in the bank stuff is, is, is well structured and the Seth Rollins stuff is very good. But this is a three-hour show. Reigns and Jinder. Uh, the Baron Corbin, No Way Jose filler. Whatever's going on with the tag team division. Well, no, which is nothing. Um, where's it, where's Bobby yeah. freaking Lashley family man yeah <laughs> yeah and the bobby Roode um elias feud that's going nowhere authors of pain haven't been on tv for i, I mean were they on tv last week i think they were they beat up some um, oh it was in montreal yeah montreal jobbers yeah but like i think that's what 
I think Raw needs them. I mean, they need some a tag team something to happen because there's nothing happening within the tag team division at the moment. The mid card scene's very bland, and but the only thing I'm excited about is Money in the Bank. But that's only because more I, I really like Money in the Bank as as a pay per view, and I liked that the show was structured around that. But yeah, I, I completely agree with uh, with you. Outside of Seth, hopefully having an actual invitational every single week, so we can get some some good matches on TV. It's not a great deal to be excited about. What uh, what would you give it out of five? <sighs> I think I'd have gone a two because you gave it a poor, didn't I you? I gave it a poor. Yeah, yeah, I think I probably would have gone the same. Uh, yeah, okay. Well, because it, it was good wrestling. We got some good wrestling matches and the Money in the Bank stuff. So it wasn't a flat-out bore, but there's a lot of stuff on this show I really didn't like. Yeah. Uh, any excitements for SmackDown? Yes. Do you know what our lineup is for tonight? We've got three matches already announced. Oh, is this going to be a thing? This is a SmackDown preview on the Raw review. Well, I mean, may as well. Only, preview. Only, only, preview. Only because I know what they are mm-hmm. off the top of my head. Do it. Uh, we've got so we've got three Money in the Bank qualifiers tonight. We've got the Miz versus Jeff Hardy, Daniel Bryan versus Rusev, and uh, Charlotte versus Peyton Royce. Right. Okay. I keep forgetting there's a women's match. Because you said you said three there, and I thought, well, that's a shame. They're going to get all of the qualifiers pretty much out the way in the first week. But I forgot the women have to qualify as well. They certainly do. Uh, the women's match is going to be so much better than last year's because you're you've got the whole the whole company to draw from, exactly, as opposed to just the SmackDown women. Where didn't everyone just automatically qualify? Essentially, yeah, because there was there was there were the rec- prerequisite amounts that they needed. Yeah. So yeah, so we do get to actually draw from a pool this time, so we don't have to have all of them in the match. And I would imagine I'm making bold predictions that um, Royce will qualify for uh, Money in the Bank. Oh, over you reckon, Charlotte? Ooh, yes, because Charlotte needs to carry on that fiery feud with with Carmella exactly and I'm also thinking that um, uh, Brian will likely go into the Money in the Bank as will Miz because then you can have that stare off between Mm. the two of them to build towards a match at SummerSlam although I do like the sound of Jeff Hardy in a ladder match as selfish as that is but he might have to have another bland match with Randy Orton at Money in the Bank instead you know so Mm. there's always that well hopefully you know Raw, Raw Raw was rubbish Backlash was awful. SmackDown, I've got a hope for. Yeah. It's it's uh yeah. It's got a roster that I'm excited to see. Very excited to see. And, so, and that always kind of drives me forward with it. It'll be it'll be intriguing to see where they're going next with the the AJ Nakamura feud, particularly now that Samoa Joe is trying to get himself mm. involved in that. How are they going to uh, rehabilitate Samoa Joe after his devastating performance that he had at Backlash? in the boring main event and loss that he suffered to Roman Reigns. It's SmackDown feels like a much fresher show as well. Like that one Raw feels exactly the same as it's ever done. Or at even after last the Superstar Shake Up. Yeah. But after the Superstar Shake Up, SmackDown feels completely revitalized. Hmm. So hopefully that continues. Shall we do some iTunes reviews? I think we may as well. Uh, also if you are more after more Oh of from, course, yeah. If you're after more from us here at WrestleTalk, the WrestleTalk magazine issue four is available now. That sounded like someone just said, oh, pl- plug it, plug it in your ear piece. Yeah, uh, and also Be A Star is a very good campaign, and they do lots of really amazing stuff. Sorry, that was just a nice natural segue into that. I'm off the back of that Nia Jax promo. I'm going to start promoting bullying. <laughs> oh, I can't get behind this. I'm find afraid. someone, find someone smaller than you, or you know who isn't going to answer back, and just 
punch him in the arm. Did you see the, uh, the amount of Yu-Gi-Oh players that were rising up in the <laughs> comments did. yesterday? <laughs> I did. I mean, it's all in jest, but I could easily take all of them combined in a fight. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Vandy 52 writes I mean what they're going to do Throw always, cards at you yeah, Always suggesting to others Five stars Greetings from Indiana I don't remember when I found Ollie on YouTube But I know WrestleTalk quickly became my go-to source For professional wrestling news and opinions I was hesitant when Luke first jumped on board, but he too has grown on me. Now I can't imagine Wrestle Talk without him. I've been a pod swafter since episode one, and I suggest Wrestle Ramble to anyone seeking a new podcast. I even suggested it to a cute classmate who likely isn't even a wrestling fan, and I'm sure she is questioning my interests. Also, there are times I feel like I don't even have to watch the product because you two cover everything so well, but I now watch more because you keep my passion for wrestling thriving. I can't wait to continue watching you two grow. Who knows? Maybe you'll need a Yankee correspondent at some point in the future. Keep up the great work, The Incredible Colk. Oh, thank you very much. What a lovely little review there. When was that review left? Uh, April 6th. April 6th. So that was... Two days before WrestleMania. It was a month ago, uh, almost to the day. So I wonder if there has been any movement with him and this this so-called cute classmate of his. Yes, incredible Colk. Get in touch. Luke at WrestleTalk.com. Give us an update. We will not... Just be your wrestling buddies in audio form. Oh man, we could be we could be international wingmen. We are agony aunts. Oh, oh. new segment alerts. Right, it doesn't have to be wrestling related. Just riding with your concerns. We will fix it for you, if or at least give you bad advice. I was going to say, if you want funny advice, or at the very best, mocking advice, then absolutely get in touch with some of your your issues and worries. If you want to really put in perspective how little your worries actually matter. <laughs> Email them into oh, us. Absolutely. We'll pick them apart. Let's deconstruct that ego. It's just taking over your life. As Coachman said, let it go. Let, let it, it go. go. Oh, man. Uh, We've got another review. F-E-X writes, awesome podcast. F-E-U-S. I've been watching you guys for a while now, long before Ollie did Smackdown reviews. Oh, okay. Yep, I remember when that was. I stopped watching wrestling in 2010, and a buddy of mine watches it religiously. I started looking at YouTube videos when I came across wrestling talk. I still don't watch wrestling regularly, but I do like to be informed of what's going on, so when I do, I'm not lost wondering what's going on in the storyline. I will start pledging on Patreon when I'm done saving up for a wedding. Oh, Thank weddings! You, yes, mate! That's F-E-X. what I like to hear. Thank you, F-E-X. Uh, but, uh, I mean, it's only a dollar. It's well, only a dollar a month. Yeah, but a, a buck a month will just get you to be able to uh, vote in the polls. Actually, should we have an update on the uh, the Patreon poll? We're pretty close, eh? Um, yes, yeah, so um, we, well, not only are we very close to our next goal of 750 Patreon backers, which means we will be able to do live episodes of the Wrestle Ramble. Mm. But the poll I was actually talking oh, about yes. is the Wrestle Ramble Extra Poll, which went live uh, today. You will have heard the advert for it in this uh, podcast if I've recorded it, which I'm going to do once we've finished here. I'll do Sounds that. good. I'll do that before I leave. That's a good reminder. Cool. Otherwise, I would have forgotten. Do it. But we have got some suggestions in there like WWF In Your House, Over the Edge 1998, Judgment Day 2000, 2001, and 2009, Slamboree 2000, TNA Sacrifice 2009, and ROH and New Japan's War of the Worlds 2015, which I had a look on both cards. 
it was very difficult to decide which night to do. So I decided if that wins the poll, we'll do another vote for which night we review. We could do a best of both. We could do a best of both because like the main event of, of night two is, uh, is the Kingdom versus Bullet Club. Um, which mm. sound very very good and and uh, the briscoes versus okada and nakamura was the main event of night one wow so yeah. i don't remember these shows so it kind of it kind of rings a bell so anyway so at the but at the moment that is currently uh i don't know what place it's in but it's got 14 percent of the vote but way out in front with 32 percent of the vote thus far is judgment day 2000 featuring the one hour iron man match between triple h and the rock yeah that would be good to see we've done a lot of uh noughties so oh 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 and oh one stuff which is great. It would kind of be good to just go through the whole year, right? <laughs> uh, but I am in the mood for some TNA. Well, yeah, TNA Sacrifice is on there. And that actually has 24% of the vote. Mm. So it's only 8% behind it currently. That's TNA Sacrifice 2009, headlined by a four-way for the TNA Championship between Mick Foley defending against Sting, Jeff Jarrett, and Kurt Angle. Whoa. Also on the card, AJ Styles and Booker T have an I Quit match. But I think they called it the Legends title at that point. Is this point. Main Event Mafia? It was, uh, I think it was around Main Event Mafia yeah. point. We also got Beer, Money, Inc. and the British Invasion. Oh, in the, in the Magnus and Doug. In the finals of the Team 3D tournament. Uh, we've also got on the card, I believe, uh, Suicide versus Christopher <laughs> Daniels for the X Division Championship. And way before... Which is notable because Christopher Daniels used to play, play suicide. suicide. And way before WWE were doing it, there are two women's matches on the cards. <laughs> As, uh, Taylor Wilde, I believe, is defending her Knockouts Championship against Awesome Kong. Uh-huh. And um, I can't remember. I think it's Angelina Love versus Daphne in the Monsters Ball match. Right. I'm not sure. It might not be. Let me say, I'm Googling live on air. Taylor Wilde. She always seemed to have her hands up in the air. Taylor Wilde. When she walked to the ring. Do you know why she uh, left wrestling? Why she quit TNA? I think I do, but refresh my memory. She got recognized working in a sunglasses hut. That was it. And yeah. she was so embarrassed by the fact that she, despite the fact she was part of a company with ma- national TV exposure, she still had to work a second job in mm. order to pay her rent. So she decided to quit wrestling and just work full time at Sunglasses Hut. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Um, so yeah, sorry, it's, it's, it's Taylor Wilde versus Daphne in the Monsters Ball match, and Angelina Love versus Awesome Kong for the TNA Knockouts Championship. Oh, that, that sounds like a good match. And I think I like Angelina Love. And, and I think I also awesome said um, Samoa Joe versus Kevin Nash. You said Nash was in the main event four way. No, it's Sting, Jarrett, Kurt Angle, and Mick Foley. Okay, okay. Wow, Joe versus Nash. Joe versus Nash, and oh man, check out this as the opener: Eric Young with Consequences Creed a.k.a. Xavier Woods and Jay Lethal against the Motor, Sh- Motor City Machine Guns and Sheikh Abdul-Bashir, wow. a.k.a. Davari, who mm. recently made his return to WWE at the Greatest Royal Rumble. Well, hopefully that has uh, gotten TNA a few... I would like to watch that show. <laughs> uh, but I also I wouldn't mind Judgment Day 00 or 01 2000. either. Yep. Uh, 01 is, is like it's in, in last place. Okay. With 3% of the vote. Well, anyway, get oh, over no, go over to Patreon, uh, WrestleTalk's Patreon, and please do become a pledge hammer so you can vote in that poll and just get all the cool WrestleTalk stuff on top of that. And we will be back tomorrow with the SmackDown review. Love you. Goodbye. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.